There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense. Like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What's going on, guys? And welcome in to another edition of NFL Friday, WFUV Sports' football podcast. And it's a big week in the NFL season. Once again, week 15 coming up upon us. Playoffs about to begin. A lot of craziness going on in the NFL right now. Lots to dive into. I'm Brian Raybex. Pleased to be joined alongside Mike Messina. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great. I am a little sick. Not going to lie. I'm not feeling the best right now. Um, But it's a beautiful day outside, like 60 degrees where I am right now. So I'm excited to just, I don't know how the weather's warm right now, but it's it's almost football Sunday, which is obviously a plus um, every single week for me. So I'm excited to get going. It, do, it doesn't make sense. Th- this weather, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. How is it 60 degrees in the month of December? That's just, I love it. I'm not, I'm not going to complain. No, neither am I. It's, it's great. It's great to not be in freezing weather at this time of year. I love it. And, you know, on this show, we have a lot to dive into, you know, there's a lot of good games coming up week 15, a lot of games with playoff implications. As always, we give our weekly pick segment as well as talk, discuss a little bit about the Giants and the Jets, what's going on there, the Giants have a game on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. The Jets go to Miami to play the Dolphins as both teams are struggling right now. There's also a lot of craziness going on regarding COVID in the NFL. Lots of teams suffering from COVID protocols and a lot of positive tests this week. A lot of teams affected going into their big playoff matchups. And we'll start the show with some news that broke uh, late Wednesday night thursday morning and it was this man's been making a lot of headlines the jaguars and urban meyer and urban meyer creating a lot of headlines for all the wrong reasons with a lot of controversy a lot of reports that things weren't going well within that locker room and then late wednesday night around 12 30 a.m you find out that the jaguars have indeed fired urban meyer before he could even complete the end of his first season, he goes two and 11 with the Jacksonville Jaguars, 13 games and just a lot of controversy, a lot of, a lot of bad things going on. And to me, Mike, I don't know about you, but this firing to me, it kind of seems, seemed like something that was expected. A lot of people saw it coming, but it was also something I feel that could be considered long overdue. Yeah, I completely agree. I imagined after he didn't fly back with the team from, I believe it was um, Cincinnati, correct? Or Yeah, week four. Yeah, he didn't fly back with the team, and obviously pictures started surfacing on, on social media, and I thought that was kind of going to be the end of the line for Urban Meyer. But I was wrong, just like everyone else, I think. And this was just something that was inev- inevitable and something that 
I think is like you said, long overdue. And I have a list on my phone here. I saw on Twitter, I forget who posted it, but I'm going to read you everything that has happened from urban Myers hiring to when he got fired. It, it's a long list. There's a lot to cover. Hired Chris Doyle as the team's director of sports performance. Doyle was accused of making racist comments and belittling players during the time at Iowa. Signed Tim Tebow as tight end. Drafted a running back, Travis Etienne, as first round, despite having James Robinson on the roster as their starting running back. Openly admitted that he was um, hoping to draft Kadarius Toney with the pick they used on Travis Etienne. Told reporters that they cut players due to their vaccine status, and then the Players Association opened an investigation after those comments. Had an open competition for starting quarterback between Lawrence and Gardner Minshew, and then Minshew was traded days later. Um, didn't travel with the team after the week four loss to Cincinnati. Viral videos and photos emerge of him with a woman, after, woman other than his wife. Report says he called his coaches losers arguments with Marvin Jones. Benched James Robinson after a couple fumbles. Former kicker, this is the last one. Former kicker, just a couple days ago, goes on record and says Meyer kicked him and told him, hey, dip, I don't want to say the, the S-H-I-T word here, but make your effing kicks. And then obviously with a 2-11 and 11 record, um, that doesn't add up for being a head coach in the NFL or in any professional or amateur league in the entire world. And this is just long overdue. It's something that should have happened after week four, in my opinion. But it's just like, I feel like the Jaguars organization have kind of just let that off their shoulders now and they can kind of move forward and start this rebuild um, and just kind of move forward from this and be the organization that they thought they were going to be with Urban at the helm. I mean, Urban Meyer, I won't lie, just watching as a fan, he's really just got my blood boiling the last couple of weeks, just seeing everything unfold and knowing the, the type of environment that Urban Meyer created in Jacksonville. And it was especially bad with such a young team that they have. You know, the Jaguars, they have a, a rookie QB who's supposed to be the best quarterback of this next generation. And, you know, he hasn't been playing well. And you have to wonder how much is that attested to coaching and the environment has been surrounded surrounded by him because urban meyer certainly hasn't created anything good i mean it's just been a it's a disastrous tenure and it's it's just urban meyer he he just couldn't adjust to the nfl and was just you know i was just a really he's just a, a bad a bad nfl coach i mean he was great in college we'll, we'll give him credit for that at florida and ohio state he did a, did a great job but in the nfl it was just disaster and I mean, the, the James Robinson thing was really like frustrating to me because it felt like he was giving he was putting a college approach to the NFL. You know, you can you can bench a 19 year old kid if he fumbles early on and maybe can serve his motivation. But why are you doing it to a professional athlete? That doesn't make any sense to me. And then he kept feeding Carlos Hyde snaps because what he played for him at Ohio State, like. Come on, James Robinson had a great season last year, and he was having a great season this year. Why are you yeah. keeping him off the field? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, the, the whole bar, the bar incident in Cincinnati is just that can explain itself. And then this recent allegation that he kicked his own kicker and was just totally disrespectful to the special teams players. It's just a horrible environment that he created. And I think the Jaguars. Had, they had to make the decision. They had to get him out of here. I agree with you. He should have been out of here a long time ago. It's just frustrating to see what happened with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer's tenure. And I think a lot of people outside of the Jaguars kind of saw this as a bad hire from the start. So really just not a good look on the Jaguars organization, in my opinion. 
did you see the report that Urban Meyer made, brought all of his coaches into the room and made them um, um, like back up their resume and see oh, yeah. mm-hmm. on the coaching staff? But shout out part of my take. Uh, they were saying that Urban Meyer actually has like the second worst resume in the entire coaching staff. So he's making these guys prove their resume to him while they have a better resume than the head coach of the football team. And it just makes no sense. I agree. A lot of the, a lot of people in the organization, media writers, reporters did not like this hire from the start. And then when you see he, he signs Tim Tebow, everyone's like, okay, oh my God. What, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> um, it's like, I actually, I wasn't, I wasn't hateful on that. I was a fan of that. I wanted to see what Tim Tebow was able to do at tight end. And obviously he missed those two blocks that went viral back to back plays. Yeah, not much. <laughs> and he, and he got cut. I'm pretty sure literally the next like 12 hours later, he got cut. But what Urban has done for this team, he, he, he's just setting them back further than they needed to be. They have a quarterback, like you mentioned, who's supposed to be the next star of this position in the National Football League, the highest rated quarterback coming out of college football. Never lost until the NFL, and now he has lost 11 games in one season. And just you have to think that, sure, talent-wise, obviously Trevor Lawrence hasn't played to potential. Um, the entire team hasn't played to their potential. But you have to – figure and and just think that urban Meyer is kind of at the thick of it. And the reason why they're not playing well, look, you can't be benching James Robinson after one fumble. He is arguably the best player on your team. He's your starting running back. And I don't hate Travis Etienne's game. Him and Lawrence obviously have a history together from playing at Clemson, but James Robinson is a great running back. He's a great running back in the NFL and there's no reason he should be being sat and disciplined for one fumble. Obviously, if it keeps happening, I'm all for that. Pay your pay, pay the price. You got to earn your spot. But for one fumble, you're going to bench your best player on the team, and you're two and eleven. What do you have to lose? I don't. It, it makes no sense the thought process that that Urban Meyer gives before putting people out there. And then I forget I forget who the player is. He was asked, "What do you think about?" Um, this player's, I, I should have found this name before I said this. What do you think about this player's snaps and how do you think he's been oh. doing lately? And he goes, yeah, I am pretty sure he's been playing more snaps as of late. And he played zero snaps that day. He didn't play a single snap. And he's sitting there. I don't know if he's lying or if he just doesn't really know the product that he's putting out on the field. He played zero snaps in the entire game. And Urban Meyer sitting out in front of the media saying he's progressing, he's doing better, and we're trying to get him out there as much as possible. Like, it makes no sense the thought process that that is being put into what he says. Yeah. I mean, clearly Urban Meyer, he didn't have a lot of control over this team and you can see that with, I don't know if you saw Trevor Lawrence gave a little press conference earlier today, but he, he said, I believe he said, you know, this provides more clarity going forward. And I mean, when a player is saying that clearly, you know, it's a dysfunction, dysfunctional environment that they're, that they're in. And now obviously with Urban Meyer out of there, Maybe the Jaguars, you know, might step it up a little bit. Maybe we'll see a little bit more flashes. But overall, just not a great environment Urban Meyer created, especially if he's calling his own coaches losers. I mean, first of all, you hired the staff. This this is your staff that you created. And then second of all, you, you want to call them losers. You're 2-11. and 11. You're 2-11 and 11 as an NFL head coach, and you're going to call your own coaches losers and make them defend their resumes. It just just a frustrating tenure uh, and just just a disaster. There's really no other way about it. The Jaguars are two and eleven, but now they have some direction. So we'll see if Trevor Lawrence can step it up. We'll see what James Robinson does and it's the rest of the team as well. But 
not not great stuff from Urban Meyer. He's gone after less than one season. How often do you see a coach get fired after he can't finish his full season, Mike? Not not many times. And a reporter asked interim head coach today, Daryl Bavell. Well, he didn't ask. He said, "How do you how do you think? Uh, how does it make you feel that you could possibly have more wins as an interim head coach for the Jaguars this season than Urban Meyer had in 13 games for the Jaguars?" And he kind of laughed it off and said, "We'll see." But that's just kind of like what's going around. Like it's kind of like a sigh of relief that Urban Meyer's now gone. And I'm sure you've been following along on Twitter all season. Everyone has been calling for the fire of, of Meyer since legitimately, I think week four, since, since that whole Cincinnati debacle, it is just, I never want to call for another person's job. Never want anyone to get fired, obviously, but there are standards in professional sports and there's standards as a head coach, there's standards as a defensive coordinator, and you have to live up to those standards. And Urban Meyer has lived up to zero out of his standards that he originally pointed out to do. He wanted to be a winning franchise. Obviously that is not what they are at all. Um, it's just nothing added up for him. He was not put, I'm not even going to say he wasn't put in the right situation because I think he was put in the right situation. He just didn't handle the situation he was put into at all correctly. And honestly, a part of me thinks he never even wanted to be there. I don't know what, I don't know what he's getting paid, but I'm sure it was a pretty penny and I'm sure it was something that he really couldn't turn down. But part of me just thinks he never wanted to be an NFL head coach right now. And he didn't want to build a franchise from the bottom up to the top. And it kind of seems like that's true because they're still at the bottom. They'll have the number one draft pick and they just didn't really get any progress this year. Yeah, Urban Meyer out as the Jaguars head coach. The Jaguars are two and 11. The Jaguars, they have a couple of easy games coming up on their schedule. You know, that the Texans this week and then the Jets the week after. So maybe they can string together a couple of wins, provide some optimism. But, but at this point, at this point, is that what they want? Do they want to have four I, wins? I don't know. Then they're, tied, then they're tied, I think, with uh, – I think the Jets have less wins. The Giants have four wins. The Bears have four wins. I mean – Yeah, I mean, I mean, you want to see something out of Trevor, though. You definitely want to see him show something because he, you know, he, he really hasn't been good. Do they want to risk that number one draft pick again at this point, week 15 into the season? They obviously have no they're, – they're out of the playoffs. They have nothing to really play for right now. Do they risk maybe Lawrence getting hurt? Do they risk losing that – number one draft pick again because obviously we all know draft picks are draft picks and you can never really tell what you're going to get out of them until they play the game but to lose a number one draft pick for a season that's already destroyed seems kind of stupid in my opinion yeah i mean but we've seen teams do it before and of course they'll put their best foot forward and try to win but the jaguars i mean not a lot not a lot of great things going for their organization right now just a frustrating 2021 season a lot going wrong Urban Meyer out as head coach as the Jaguars are two and 11 and just a disaster. I keep saying that word, but just a lot of, exactly a lot of controversy and just a lot of bad things going on in the camp of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll move past the Jacksonville Jaguars and get to some more, more interesting uh, scenarios and situations going on. Uh, COVID's back in the NFL, you know, the NFL for the most part this year was, relatively good with COVID, not a ton of positive tests. And then all of a sudden the last week, just a huge boom of people testing positive and people going into protocols. Uh, I'll throw this number. As of last night, there were 125 players, players, personnel around the league in COVID protocols. And, you know, there are more this morning too. So the Heineke, the football team, right. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of teams getting hit hard. You mentioned Washington. Washington, Taylor Heineke's on COVID protocol, and Kyle Allen, too. They just signed Garrett Gilbert, yep. you know, former Cowboys 
backup quarterback. And it's not just them. The Browns have 14 players on protocol. And Baker, B- Baker, I'm sure you saw Baker was very vocal uh-huh. on social media to Roger Goodell and to the, the NFL as a whole. There's really just no standard, man. That there's really no standard to to when game when games get postponed, why they do, why they don't. Um, and I, I saw today a source said they didn't they didn't say which team, but a team requested for their game to be postponed, and it was apparently denied by the NFL. So I mean, just what's the standard? Like like why why are the Browns in the football team? going to be playing this game. I, I mean, the Browns have what you said, 15 people. Like, what is this? What, what are we doing here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the priorities of the NFL is pretty clear. They, they want, they, they, they need, they want to make their money off of the game and sell these tickets and, you know, push forward with the TV, you know, the Brent, the Browns have a nationally televised TV game on Saturday, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta look at it in a scenario where the Browns are, they're decimated by COVID. They have they have 14 players out. They have Baker Mayfield's not playing. Case Keenum is COVID. Jarvis Landry. They, they have to start Nick Mullins. And keep in mind, the Browns are in the middle of a playoff race. And mm-hmm. COVID essentially could dictate their season. And you look at Washington, too. Washington, 22 players on COVID, COVID protocols, it's including their starter, starting quarterback. As of last night, the Rams had 25. And it's like, it's it, unbelievable. It's- so I'm looking at I'm looking at a list as of 7:30 p.m. last night. So it so it is certainly not up to date, and it, it, there's definitely more people. It was the Rams with 25 people, the football team with 21, the uh, the Browns with 20, the Bears with 12, Texans eight, Dolphins and Vikings both had six. And, and it came out today that Miles Sanders and um, I'm sorry, Miles Gaskin and another player on the Dolphins were cleared, and they're going to be able to play. But just now I'm reading. Bill's left tackle, um, Deion Dawkins, just placed on. So, like, these numbers are just going up and up and up. And there's nothing, there's really nothing that the NFL is doing about it to stop it. And yeah, really, what can they do? They can't stop people from getting COVID, sure, but they can postpone. Like, I, I love Tuesday games. I love the Wednesday games that we had last year. Like, it kept me going. It, there was football on like five out of the seven days of the week. It was great. Yeah, obviously it sucks because of the circumstances why it was on. But, man, spread them out. We have two Saturday games this week, and I'm pretty sure one of them are the Browns. So take them out of that spot. Have them play on Tuesday. Like, it's possible it, to, to make this work because they did it in 2020. It's possible. Goodell in the NFL just does not want it to happen, and, and it really makes no sense why um, they're going to be running out third strings and, and, like, for the Rams, possibly fourth string guys to to – to play on Sunday and look, the Rams are almost at the top of the AFC. So I'm sorry, the NFC. So like it makes, it just makes no sense. And I mean, in the case of Washington, the Washington and the Eagles, they, they play on Sunday and we'll, we'll get into our picks later, but you know, that that's a huge divisional game with huge mm-hmm. playoff implications in the NFC wild card race. And I'd, I'd say when both teams are healthy, that's a, a pretty even even matchup, you know, it could really go either way. But now with Washington just decimated, like, it, it seems like a fait accompli that the Eagles are just going to, you know, easily get through these, you know, third stringers and backups on on Washington. And it's just – it ultimately just makes for a less appealing product. And, you know, if they were to postpone this game and, you know, maybe move it to Tuesday or Monday or whatever it, whatever it may be, you know – you get a much better product and just 
more fairness overall because how is it how is it fair to Washington to just you know have all these players go down and keep in mind with COVID, I mean with the vac with vaccinations and everything, I don't think many of these players are sick. So that's also something to consider. It has to be incredibly frustrating to go into COVID protocol and you feel totally healthy. It can't speak for everybody, but around I would say like ninety percent of the players I believe don't feel any symptoms at all. Yeah, now that I'm saying they're all asymptomatic, but the, the, the protocols did change. So now yes. I, I, was, I was listening to Schefter this morning uh, or last night on uh, with SVP. If an unvaccinated player, or, or I, sh- I, I believe it's unvaccinated player is asymptomatic, they're still able to, or maybe it's a vaccinated player if they're asymptomatic. I think, yeah, vaccinated. Yeah, if they're asymptomatic, they just have to get like one negative test or something. They, they can literally come back in a day, a day and a half. So the, the protocols have loosened, I guess, but like there still needs to be a standard on, on like if your team has X amount of players on the COVID list, the game has something has to happen with the game because this is just like it to me, it seems like they're asking for injury. They're asking for, they're asking just for a K, literally chaos on Sunday to, to run some of these teams out there and play. Yeah. I mean, they did adjust their protocols and, you know, they're putting an emphasis on more mask wearing and limiting as much person to person contact as they can holding outdoor meetings stuff of that nature. And then, yeah, you mentioned the easy, the, I guess the easier way of uh, coming back onto the field, coming out of po- COVID protocols, but it, there's a lot of inconsistencies with the NFL. And you mentioned earlier, Baker Mayfield was really active on Twitter, kind of, you know, advocating for this. So I'll, I'll read you this tweet. Uh, he, Baker says on Twitter, tell me if this makes sense. No test this morning. We can assume this is for the Browns. Then you let our team practice gather for practice then you show up after the practice to test people something seems off here i mean th- i mean that there's a loophole in that kind of that kind of logic why why are you letting them practice and then testing them after what sense does that make and then i mean it's just a very unfortunate situation and you just have a lot of teams going in really banged up and yeah the nfl should probably pre- postpone some of these games for teams like Washington and the Browns and the Rams who have a ton of players on protocol, but they're just not going to. And it's just, they're not, it's not going to happen. No. And the giants, I'm sure something's going to come down. They, they canceled all in-person practices today, in-person media available. They switched everything to remote the play. All they did was have the players do a walkthrough this morning and that's it. Everything else is remote. So I'm sure stuff is going to be coming down from the Giants organization, and they have a lot of guys huh, on uh, the COVID roster as well. I, I mean, they got like five or six. Kadarius Tony, Kyle Murphy, Trent Harris. Uh, I mean, they have a ton of people on, on this list as well. And I'm not going to get into the Giants injury <laughs> injury situation here because that that's been ongoing since week one. But there just has to be some sort of consistency between the NFL and the Players Association where if there's a if there's a certain amount of people, games either done or postponed. Because I I certainly have no interest in watching a Washington football team versus Philadelphia Eagles game when they're running out who they're running out. Like it's just not of interest. It's not of interest to really many people. And it's just straight up dumb. If you ask me, in my opinion, to, to have that game played, but look, it doesn't seem like the NFL's budging. So it looks like these games are going to play. It looks like it's something that these players are going to have to deal with. And I guess strengthen their, their mask wearing and just their safety protocols around the facilities and outside the facilities but they're just, like I said, there just needs to be some sort of consistency between this and they need to make up their mind. And it's Friday, December 17th right now, obviously two days before NFL Sunday, there needs to be something 
a public statement or something, in my opinion, before Sunday about this. Yeah, well, I think we're going to see uh, coming going forward, a lot of teams are going to be more cautious about protocols, especially with teams in the playoff race. Like you see the Browns. The Browns are right in the thick of the hunt, and now all of a sudden they're going to go into the Saturday game against the Raiders playing Nick Mullins. So, I mean, it's not – certainly don't have as much of a chance of getting a, getting W as you have with Baker Mayfield. And, you know, Washington has a huge game, and they're going out with nobody. And, I mean, in these situations, it's just difficult for teams to run out there with nobody, especially in such an important time of year. Like, I mean, imagine the uh, the Miami Dolphins. They're red hot. You know, they're going crazy. They've won, I believe, six, six seven straight – five straight games, something like that. And, you know, imagine Tua, Tua Tagovailoa gets hurt. And now all of a sudden, you know, your season's just kind of determined there. And, you know, you can say same, same thing about, you know, teams like the Bengals or the Colts. Mm-hmm. So the Rams, I think- too, like, the, the Rams are in second in the NFC West. They're nine and four against the first place, 10 and three Cardinals. Like they're a game a back from first place in the NFC West. And they have 25 guys, 25 guys plus on the COVID roster going into their game this week. It's just, it, it, it is crazy situation it's it's crazy it literally i feel like it all happened from like tuesday to now i feel like like either either monday or tuesday was kind of like that turning point and all you see on twitter is positive 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 for covid positive for covid tested positive and then you see some false positives some false negatives coming out it's just a crazy situation that that's going on right now it's really not even just the NFL. I know the NHL is having a lot of the NBA too. Well, the NBA, it's really, it's not just the NFL, but other leagues are handling it a little better than the NFL. I know NHL, they need consistency as well. Um, The Islanders didn't get to postpone their games during the season, but other teams are getting them postponed now. And it's the same at the end. Like there just needs to be consistency in my opinion, through all the leagues, there should be a rule where like, each league should have the same exact protocol for going about canceling and postponing games. In my opinion, each, I feel like all four commissioners can get together and come up with something that, that says, look, this is the baseline for COVID. If you have this many players on the list postponed, um, if, if you have this many people in protocol, you have to, we, we have to postpone the game. There has to be just a baseline for all the leagues in my opinion. And just in order for there to be consistency, everyone needs to be on the same page and really no one's on the same page right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's never been consistency with the NFL when it comes to COVID. I mean, a, a ton of games got postponed last year, but there was also last year, if you remember the Denver Broncos had, I think their, their entire quarterback staff on COVID and they were still forced to play their game against the saints. So there's, there's not, there hasn't been a ton of consistency. And I think that's what a lot of people are asking for. Just some sort of, rule or something i know you've you've been advocating for it but just something to provide more clarity and just you know more more direction because what's going on right now it's it's a really unfortunate situation and just something that i think would be really bad if we allowed it to continue in you know the coming weeks weeks 16 17 and 18 especially when the games are so meaningful so it's something the nfl is going to have to address but a ton of players are testing positive as it stands right now. No games have been postponed, but a ton of people on COVID protocol and the NFL is not budging on anything. So the game should be played as expected, but we'll see how this COVID situation affects a lot of playoff contending teams. Uh, you mentioned playoff contending teams, but uh, two teams who don't necessarily fit that category. 
our, our local teams here in New York with the Giants and the Jets. And we'll, we'll start with the Giants. I mean, the Giants, w- w- what direction are the Giants going in at this point? I mean, their season's pretty much done. I mean, you know, you, normally in if they were bad, which, you know, a lot of Giants fans have been used to in years past, you can kind of somehow get excited for a Giants Cowboys game or something. But I mean, Mike, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm a Giants fan and I just, I I just have no investment in this Giants Cowboys game on Sunday. I mean, particularly because my Mike Glennon's quarterbacking the Giants. And I mean, he, he's, we, we know what we're getting with Mike Glennon. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a backup quarterback and he just has not looked good so far. Hasn't gelled well with the offense in the games against Miami and LA and, I mean, I, I can't imagine it very much better this Sunday against the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. No, I, I mean, the Giant. you asked the question, what direction the Giants heading towards, and it's 10 feet underground. They are nowhere near an upward trajectory right now. Obviously, I've said on many episodes this year on this program, we've been building this offensive line for four years. I mean, I mean Dave Gettleman came out four years ago and said the the – it is time to like rebuild this offensive line and let's start, let's start this thing from the ground up four years later. I think we're in a worse position than, than, than they were when they first started this rebuild. And it's just sad. It it is sad. And I'm seeing a lot of reports that Joe judge's job is safe next year. Daniel Jones's job is safe next year. I'm seeing Dave Gettleman is gone next year, but look, Dave Gettleman needs to be gone. That's like a no brainer. But if if Gettleman, if, if Gettleman gets fired, I think Joe Judge is also should also be fired. I think Daniel Jones should also be gone. And I think Saquon Barkley should be gone. Saquon Barkley has been nothing that these fans expected out of him at the number two overall pick for the Giants. He's been a complete and utter bust, whether that's injuries or skill-wise. He just has not been the football player that he was at Penn State. And is that because... Every time he gets the ball, he gets a one-yard run up the middle because the line can't block for him. Doesn't it could help. It, 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 that could be the reason. It, can his skill be diminishing? That could also be the reason. But he can't be a Giant anymore going forward. We need to I, – I think the Giants will save $7.5 million in cap room if they trade him. That needs to happen at the end of this year. There's no need for Saquon to, to be on the Giants. Obviously, I personally still think he's a good running back and can produce – but with what they are running out on the field right now, he can't. He cannot do that with this offensive line, and it doesn't seem like this team is willing to, to fix it right now. It, it just doesn't. And if they get rid of him, they get rid of Jones, they save money, they get people in the draft. Look, right now, I think it's the Jaguars, Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants in this draft. So they have two back-to-back picks in the top 10 that they could use, either offensive linemen or someone else that, that could help this roster out. But – Look, especially with Mike Glennon running out, we know what we can get from him, and it's really not much at all. Um, or and, and at this point, do you want to? Do you want to? Is there a point in running out Jake from? He doesn't. Does he even really know the offense at this point? But what what do they have to lose? I, I mean, they're not beating this Cowboys team right now. They they're not beating this Cowboys team on a Sunday. And honestly, the Cowboys have a chance to um, clinch the NFC East. I, I think if they beat the Giants and the Saints and the 49ers lose or tie. Dallas clinches a wild card berth, but I mean, look, they, Dallas is Dallas is running away with this division, and that's that's it's it, you can't hide it. That's what's going to happen. And the Giants aren't playing for anything this year. Let's see what we can get out of those guys. Let's see what 
Jake from can do. I, I, I'm, I'm pro that. Let, let's see, let's run Jake from out there, see what he can do, see if he can produce for this offense. Yeah, I, I would be all for that as well. I so mean, like just going forward, if my point is, if Gettleman's gone, Judge needs to be gone, uh, Dan Jones needs to be gone, and I think Barkley needs to be gone, and they kind of just need to rebuild from the bottom up again, and hopefully with a G- competent GM who's willing to to spend money and draft the right guys. Hopefully that can happen. I mean, Mike, here's the thing. I, I see all those points, but I mean, <laughs> the Giants have led us in the direction where none of that's going to happen. It mm-hmm. sounds like Joe Judge is coming back despite him not meeting expectations. Daniel Jones might be back, but I mean, he hasn't exactly progressed. He hasn't made a huge jump at all really since and his the first year. And, has, and he, he hasn't turned the ball over as much as he used to, but that's not the end all be all. And the, the other thing to think about with him is he gets hurt every year. Mm-hmm. His durability hasn't been very good. And that's also something you have to consider. But, you know, he could be back for a fourth year. And then Saquon Barkley, too, as big of a Saquon Barkley supporter I am, it's, it's, it's very upsetting to see how he's produced this season. I mean, the game against he the hasn't, Chargers. He, he hasn't produced. He, ha- he, he hasn't, has not no. produced in any way, shape, or form. The, ga- the game against the Chargers, he had 64 rushing yards, and that was his highest total of the season. Like, like what then, is that? You're a number two overall draft pick. You you just compare that to his rookie year, and it's just not not even not even the same player. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just not what the Giants are looking for. And obviously, they have Mike Glennon coming forward. We don't know if Daniel Jones is even coming back at all this year. So there's just that's the thing. I they should shut Daniel Jones down. Why not? I mean, he has his issue, and he's still not cleared for contact. So obviously, don't 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 push your luck with that, but. The Giants aren't playing for anything this year. They're they're playing for why why even attempt to to get Jones healthy for the rest of this year? I say shut him down and just run the offense with Glennon and From, or even just sign someone for cheap. I don't know, but I don't think Daniel Jones should see the field another another game this season. Yeah, I mean Daniel Jones might not play the rest of the season, and it's it's really just mock draft season for the Giants. That's all they're looking forward just to. Just like it now. is, just like it is every single year at this time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I can't say things are much better on the other end of New Jersey with the New York Jets. The Jets are three and 10. You know, they're coming off of a, a pretty bad loss against the New Orleans Saints team that just lost five straight. And they have a game against the Dolphins on Sunday. But I mean, Zach Wilson for the Jets, he just really has not looked good. And he played played a really, a really poor game against the Saints this past Sunday. He went 19 for 42 and threw for 200 yards. No touchdowns. The Jets still cannot do anything on offense. And Zach Wilson still doesn't look good. So, I mean, Mike, is there anything? Is Mike, is Zach Wilson going to show us anything this season, do you think? No, I don't. I, I, I don't think they're, they're going to show us anything. And honestly, I, I also, again, don't blame them either. I mean, they're in a position to have, I believe, two and three or three and four in the draft. And at this point, those two draft picks are so valuable that they can't lose. And look, they're not going to beat this Dolphins team, in my opinion. They're a much better team. Um, even without the Dolphins being out with, being without Jalen Waddle, they're getting Miles Gasson and Salvin Ahmed back. Um, I, I just see it being an ugly game for the, for this team. And honestly, going forward for the Jets, I'm gonna I'm pulling up their schedule right now to see who they have after this week. I mean, okay, after this week they have, I can see the Jets winning one game the rest of this season. They have Dolphins coming up on Sunday. They have the Jaguars after, and that's the one game I see them see them winning. And honestly, 
I'm still very skeptical skeptical on if they can win this game. I, I feel like the Jaguars after Urban Meyer, I feel like they're just going to be able to come out and, and win some games against bad teams. But then they have the Bucs and the Bills. And we know – Don't we see know them beating the Bucs? No. No, absolutely. <laughs> we know what's going to happen with the Bucs and the Bills game. Like, they have no shot at winning. So, really, if they want to get one more win on, on this year, to me, it's going to come against Jacksonville. And that's honestly a big if. I, I don't see the Jets or Zach Wilson really getting better this season. Look, Zach Wilson has – let me see. I think he has like 1600 passing yards, six touchdowns and 11 interceptions, something like that. Like that is not going to help your team win yet. 1741 yards, six touchdowns, 11 interceptions on the year. He's 160 for 285. That's not, that's not going to win this team many games and it's not going to help his stock. It's not going to help his progression. And look, the, the Jets and the Giants have been in the same boat for a couple of years now. Every single year is just a progression year. But at some point, moves have to be made. And you can't keep going forward in progression years. You have to actually get better and improve the offensive line, the defensive line, the secondary. You have to improve everything. And neither team is really doing that. A lost year in New York football, Giants and Jets, both with incredibly disappointing seasons. And once again, missing the playoffs and just out of totally out of the picture as we go late into the season. But the good thing about week 15 is even if you're a New York sports fan, there's a lot of great football this week coming up. And it's about time to get into our weekly NFL pick segment where we'd run through all the games slated up for this week 15 uh, stretch. And we get into all of them. Now we're recording this Friday morning. So the Thursday night games already taken place. That was a really good one between the chiefs and the chargers that went into overtime chiefs winning that one and maintain their position on top of the AFC West. So we'll move into the games coming up. We have tomorrow at 4.30, Saturday games for the first time this season. It's the Raiders, struggling Raiders against the Cleveland Browns, who are extremely banged up from COVID. As we mentioned, Mike, uh, what do you think is going to happen here? Who do you got? Look, I mean, can you take the Browns in this game? I mean, Uh I feel like it's just impossible for them to win this game. If they were healthy, I'm taking the Browns, but they just have their entire team sitting out. So so I have no choice but to go Raiders in this one. Yeah, I'm in locked up with you. As bad as the Raiders have looked, I mean, pr- pretty difficult to lose to Nick Mullins, quarterback in the Cleveland Browns. So give me Vegas there. And then coming up, a, re- a, one, a game that I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night, 8-15, it's the great Patriots game. and the Colts. I think this is going to be a great game. Two really good teams, in my opinion. Uh, Mike, who are you looking for here? Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a great game, a great game to watch. And I'm going to ride New England on this one as much as I hate to do it. I think the Colts are a good team. I'm not a huge guy. I'm not a huge fan of Carson Wentz. I've said that a bunch of times. But, look, it seems like nobody can stop this Pats defense or this Pats offense right now. So I'm just going to have to ride ride with the, the better team right now and take New England. Uh, I'm going to take India in this one. Now, I, I think this game could go either way. These are two really good teams, but... You have the Colts at home, and, you know, they've been working really well offensively recently. And I just feel like, you know, out of out of a gut feeling, you know, the Patriots, they, they've won, I think, seven straight at this point. I think the Colts can be the team to knock them off the course. So I'll take the Colts here. And now moving on to our Sunday slate of games, we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Buffalo Bills. What do you got here, Mike? Um, I saw this morning that Josh Allen is going to be practicing today and should be a full participant. Um, obviously, the Bills are a much better team than the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold's back, but 
does that really mean too much um, for this game? I really don't think so. I, Bills are a much better team. I'm going Buffalo in this one. I think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Buffalo, they're just going to take it. They're the much better team, and they got to start playing better. So maybe they'll get it done against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, moving on to another, I think, fairly lopsided game. It's the Arizona Cardinals against the Detroit Lions. Is it safe to say that you're taking the Cardinals here? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's not much to talk about. Yeah, Cardinals all the way over here on NFL Friday. Uh, we kind of discussed this one already, but we have the Jets taking on the Dolphins. Uh, and I kind of have a feeling I know where you're where you're headed with this pick. Yeah, I, I, and surprisingly, I take the Jets a lot on this show, and I lose and lose and lose every single week. And I, I, I've said it before, I'm going with the Dolphins on this one. Jets do not have what it takes to beat this team that's really gotten kind of hot as of late. Um, and there's overall a better team than the Jets, so I'm going to go Miami. Yeah, I was looking at I was actually looking at the Jets schedule a couple of weeks ago and I had this game kind of circled as one the Jets could steal, maybe mm-hmm. take, but given, you know, how the Jets have played recently and now given how hot Miami has been, it's just not going to happen. Um, give me the Dolphins at home against the Jets and you know, we just talked about the Jets. Uh let's go to the Giants. Uh Cowboys, Giants on Sunday, huge divisional game, but Mike Lennon's at quarterback. Uh we kind of already talked about this one. Are we Dallas locked all up the way, Cowboys? Man, there's no shot. Yep. Cowboys seem to have a pretty easy task against the Giants. And we'll move on to uh, the Wa- Washington taking on the Eagles. A huge game in terms of the NFC wild card. Huge divisional matchup as well. Mike, who are you taking here? This is a game that is very interesting. And I. this is what the COVID situation was. I wish both teams... Honestly, I don't even know if the Eagles are. I don't know if the Eagles have anyone on the COVID protocol like extensively, but obviously we talked about the the football team they do, and just for just for that reason right there, they don't have a they they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> I'm, I gotta go Philly in this one. I mean, they're they just don't really have anyone to, to play, so I have no choice but to go Philly. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you add that to the Eagles are home and they're pretty uh, close to 100%. I don't think they've been affected by COVID too bad, so. I think I'm going to go with the Eagles against an incredibly just depleted Washington roster. Uh, another interesting one, Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you got here? This is a good game. I think the Steelers are frauds. I don't think they're a good football team. But I also don't know what the Titans are really up to right now. I don't know if they're good. I can't tell if they're bad. Um, I, I honestly don't know. So I'm going to take I, – I, I'm going to look – I would love to know what the spread is on this game too. I have a feeling that the Titans are favored. That's going to be my guess. I think they are. You don't? No, I would think – I would think oh, the Titans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's even right now actually. Ooh. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go Steelers in this one. I, I think I think Big Ben is going to have a big game. I think Najee Harris is going to have a couple tutties this game. So, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, I can see this going either way. This okay. is this is a huge game for the Steelers. If they, if they lose this game, they're pretty much out of the AFC wildcard picture. This is a but, must win for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Must win. But you, I, I, just, I just don't like the way the Steelers are going. I don't think they're very good, if I'm being honest. So I'm going to take Tennessee as they continue their own push the playoffs uh got got a really do we have to pick this game i, I mean <laughs> we get oh, come on we got a great one lined up i mean texans and the jaguars the tale of two two and elevens uh I, I know it's not the most desirable matchup but gotta pick somebody who, who are you taking Mike? Uh, this is this might be the worst game like 
this entire season, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with Jacksonville. I need a I personally need a big week out of James Robinson for fantasy playoffs. Damn. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna ride with the Jaguars here just for that reason. I'm riding with Jacksonville. I'm riding with James Robinson too. I got a got a huge fantasy playoff matchup coming up this week, and yeah, that's really all I need. It, it, maybe I he'll get on the field this week with uh, the new coach at the helm. So Jaguars on my end as well, and we move into the four o'clock window. A couple interesting games here, starting with Cincinnati and Denver. In Denver, this is a really intriguing matchup. Two seven and six teams fighting for their playoff lives. Who are you taking here? Denver's a team I never, I was never really able to get a grasp on. I don't know, I just, I don't know about them. I, I don't know when they want to perform and when they don't want to perform. I love Cincinnati. I love what Burrow's doing with, with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I love them. Um, Joe Mixon, great back. I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. It's a big game, too, for them. I'm going to take the Bengals, too, but I don't think it'll be an easy victory by any means. I mean, De- Denver is not an easy place to win. And, you know, the Broncos, they've been playing well, so you got to give them credit. But I like the Bengals just a little more. I think they're going to be a great and a wild card team in the AFC. So I'm going to take the Bengals as they continue to push on towards the playoffs. And we'll move on now to the Atlanta Falcons and 49ers. 49ers had a huge win over Cincinnati last week is there in the NFC playoff picture. I guess you could say Atlanta's still in it at six and seven. They're certainly still there so in the conversation so mike what do you got i'm gonna take the 49ers in this one i love atlanta they are a cover machine they always cover the spread like it seems like every week they're covering the spread but look they they're just not really a good football team they're not awful but they're not good 49ers i don't think are great but they're good and they're better than the falcons so i'm gonna go 49ers in this one ladies and gentlemen i'm using this as my upset of the week i think Atlanta is going to steal a win from the 49ers on the road. And I mean, if the Falcons win this game, they're seven and seven. So, I mean, they, they've looked really bad at some points this season. So I think it'll be a miracle if they're seven and seven in the playoff picture entering week 16. But I mean, I don't know. I just I just have a feeling the Falcons can get it done. I don't think the 49ers really scare you too much as an overwhelming favorite. So I'm going to take Atlanta in this one. Uh, 425, the Seahawks and the Rams. Seahawks are very much on life support and they go up against an incredibly COVID-ridden Rams team. Uh, Mike, who are you taking? Look, I don't even know what 25 players are have COVID or are in protocol for the Rams. Um, I really have no idea. I know Aaron Donald Donald has a knee injury right now that um, I don't think he practiced yesterday or, or today or something like that. I, I don't even know who's injured, man. I'm just gonna take the Seahawks in this one. Interesting. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what wide wide receivers are out. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Seahawks in this. Upset. Seahawks. The Seahawks. They're missing Tyler Lockett. I know. And then, you know, the Rams. Odell's not. Odell's on protocol. Jalen Ramsey's on protocol too. And you mentioned Aaron Donald with the injury, but I'm still gonna take the Rams. You know, I respect the Seahawks for you know making this miraculous push to the playoffs but i just don't see them beating the rams the rams even with the injuries they still have cup and they still have stafford so that offense is going to be a great one to watch and i think the rams are going to take it i changed my pick i am back on the rams dk metcalf also did not practice wednesday and thursday for oh. a, for a um, foot and back injury well, who is russ throwing to i'm officially on the rams all right mike messina's changed we're going rams uh and then another another big game in the 425 window, the Green Bay Packers 
and the Baltimore Ravens, two great teams. Uh, I don't. What's Lamar Jackson's status? Is he is he gonna play? Forty-seven minutes ago, Lamar Jackson is not at practice for a third day. Things are trending towards Huntley starting. So yeah. So with with that being said, I I was going Green Bay whether Lamar was playing or not. Uh, But this definitely solidifies Green Bay. I I think is going to win this game, and I I, I really don't think it's going to be close at all. Yeah, I mean, without Lamar Jackson, I don't know how you could even take how you could take the Ravens. So uh, give me the Green Bay Packers and. We'll transition now to our Sunday night football game, the Saints and the Buccaneers. This is a divisional rivalry. The Saints looked totally lost and out of it uh, in their five-game losing streak, but you know, a win against the Jets kind of provides them a little optimism and puts them back in the playoff picture, but a tall task against the Buccaneers. Mike, who are you, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm, I'm confused on how the Saints never did anything at quarterback since Jameis Winston got hurt. They continuously run their two guys out there right now that are not good at quarterback. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. I I mean, Trevor Simeon is not a a good quarterback, so I just don't understand why Sean Payton and and the organization didn't make a move. But look, the the Bucs are rolling. They're they're good. They're great. They're probably the favorite to win the NFC right now. I'm going to go Bucs. Yeah, I'm going Bucs as well. I don't see the Saints team knocking them off the course. I think the Bucs are just going to Keep rolling and just keep winning football games, and that's going to stay true on Sunday night. And then our last game, it's our Monday night football game. It's the Vikings and the Bears. Vikings stinker. are definitely favored, but is the Kirk Cousins curse going to be a factor? A stinker of a game. Yeah, it's a factor in every single game. That Especially on Monday night. Ever take part in Kirk Cousins' curses in effect. And for that reason, I'm going the Bears. Look, I took Vikings against the Lions every which way possible. Money line spread double spread i took them every way possible and they get beat up by the lions look i the bears are going to squeeze out a win here it's going to look like matt Nagy can get his job back but ultimately i think Nagy's going to be fired as well the bears are a dumpster fire but look i saw a stat the other i think it was yesterday if the vikings never let up any touchdowns or points within the last two minutes of every game they would have like one loss in the entire season and that's all that's really all you need to know about this vikings team i'm going bears yeah, I, I think going into a Monday night football game with the Vikings, you have to take into the fact that Kirk Cousins does not play well, not just in primetime games, but just something about Monday night football just really trips him up. He did win his first Monday night football game, I think, ever last year against the Bears, and now he's got a chance to get another one. I think I think the Vikings are going to do it. Look, I'm this Bears team, I think they're terrible. I think the Bears are just really bad uh they, they probably should be worse than what the rector dictates but i think the raid the bears are just not showing anything so despite the struggles that the vikings have shown recently i'm gonna take minnesota but who knows it's in chicago and you know kirk cousins monday night football uh <laughs> a lot can happen but that is gonna do it for our pick segment and that will do it for this week's episode of nfl friday A lot of exciting football coming up this weekend, so I hope you all enjoy. I know we will as well. So from Mike Messina, I'm Brian Rebeck saying thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of NFL Friday, a production of WFUV Sports.